0: Welcome to the world of giving. You've tuned into the show Volunteering At on localjobnetwork.com radio. In each episode, you will learn about another way to volunteer and make a difference in the world around you. I'm your host, Azure Mahara, and today we're speaking with Michael Grahowski about volunteer opportunities at Pan African Community Association, also known as PACA. So perk up your ears and open your hearts. It's time to learn how to give. Well, welcome, Michael. How are you?
1: I'm good. How are you? I'm
0: doing great today. Um, it's really hot out there. Yeah. <laughs> it's beating the heat, this AC. I brought you in today so that we could talk about um, PACA. And um, now, no surprise to our guests that we are stationed in the Midwest. And you were just saying that a lot of people in Milwaukee say PACA, but it's actually more PACA.
1: Yeah, it's uh, it's just one of those things. We've adopted our own way of saying it. And mm-hmm. we do that throughout the city. You know, like right. I grew up on the south side, we say Kosciuszko instead of Kosciuszko and stuff like that. So the Americanized way is is PACA. But okay. uh, I learned from the elders PACA, so I always say PACA.
0: Why don't you tell us a little bit about the organization just to kick it off?
1: Sure. So um, PACA is an African community organization and a refugee resettlement agency. And so the main function, the main purpose is resettling refugees. And so that's from the moment they arrive, getting them housing, uh, putting the furniture in the housing uh like helping them get you know their their appointments, uh, find employment, really everything you could think of if you were coming to a country with nothing and
0: getting assimilated into the culture yeah and everything. Like,
1: that's the big goal is is uh, is helping with that adjustment process. And so the overall mission of Paca is to bring all people together of African descent and really all people in general to preserve and enrich African cultural values through education empowerment and dialogue and then to serve the the needs of the Milwaukee community so, PACA has that kind of dual role where a lot of that mission is achieved through the resettlement process. But it, there's also kind of like uh, doing this right now, it's it's always being an ambassador as part right. of the community. Yeah. Um, obviously, I'm a I'm a white person from Milwaukee <laughs> and I started as a volunteer and I'm sure we'll get into that. But most of the staff is from Africa. They're immigrants or refugees themselves. And so I, I just do my best to be another ambassador and uh, carry it like share with other people what I've learned from from them culturally.
0: So, I mean, I think what is a good thing for people to know right off the bat is you don't have to be of a certain descent or anything to volunteer there.
1: Yeah, definitely. And I actually had that kind of misconception. Like, So a little bit about me that kind of leads into this is that I started kind of on this path as an AmeriCorps volunteer. Okay. And so I did a program called City Year in Milwaukee. I was one of the founding core members um, that I did another program called AmeriCorps VISTA, and I worked at MPS in the Parent Center. And then I I applied for a program called Public Allies, which is how I, I, I did PACA. And through Public Allies, I went through this process where you kind of almost like speed date these organizations. So you pick organizations that are interesting to you, they pick people that are interesting. Then you interview, and I interviewed seven different organizations. And at the end, like it was hard for me to pick, like they all sounded so good. And I really didn't think that PACA would be the one that I would get but it was really like the right fit philosophically, like my goals, the purpose I wanted. I wanted to work with youth and I wanted to have as much kind of autonomy in, in being creative and, okay. and achieving those goals. And so PACA was one of those things where it just was like a perfect fit that you would never would have expected. And I never would have imagined a few years ago that I'd be working with an African community organization.
0: You said the the speed dating, that really intrigues me. So yeah. how, how did you get involved in that? Do they have those out, you know, in, in community or what, how does that work? So
1: <laughs> it's just part of the public allies process. It's, it's just kind mm-hmm. of a joke we make about the process. I've never done speed dating, so I don't really know what that's like. But I've, <laughs> me I've heard either, that but <laughs> I've heard that that's what it is. Because like you, you go, you spend a day and you just interview different people 30 minutes at a time. Um, I actually been I was on the other end this year where I was a supervisor, so I, I interviewed candidates this year. That's just the process. So mm-hmm. you so for Public Allies, you interview and then you become a finalist. And as a finalist, you can you can uh, interview different organizations, and then they'll match you up based on your interest in growing and the organization's goals. And so PACA was looking to, to grow their after-school program and to, and to develop it. And my goal was to work with youth and to have kind of a, a management kind of role where I could really like, do everything I could to make it great. And, and it just matched up like that.
0: And for our listeners out there, um, if you want to learn more about Public Allies, we actually have a show on community concepts where they came in and we interviewed them. And they talk all about their volunteer programs and the different uh, opportunities that they have there. But going back to PACA... So tell us about some of the various different volunteering opportunities that you have there, the different roles that you would have.
1: Yeah, so the most prominent one is working with me with the youth. And so during the school year, we have an after-school program that's from 4 to 6.30 every day. What I do is I'm the education program director. I started as after-school program coordinator. The youth program is to support that process of resettlement and adjustment. And so we provide tutoring, homework help. Okay. And we do uh, like leadership development, facilitating uh, activities with the kids, play soccer with them, play games with them, hang out. And so that's really the most prominent one. I I work with, I think, like 150 volunteers a year, uh, mostly college students and high school students. But it's really open to anybody, all experiences. I recently had a nun start volunteering with us, and she helps me facilitate activities, and it's really awesome. Now, Um, are
0: you guys – do you have more than one location? Is it just in Milwaukee Um, for our listeners out there that don't know – so, some background on that.
1: Yeah. So Paka is was started in Milwaukee, only exists in Milwaukee as it is, but it's part of a network of, uh, so we're connected through a volunteer agency of a VOLAG who, who refers refugees to us. And so we're not part of, uh, we're not like a national organization, but um, okay. our work is in a way national, if that makes sense. Yep, so, that does. And then we have two sites in the city. So it's, it's definitely more of a grassroots organization in Milwaukee. And then we have uh, a second site on the south side at Our Lady Queen of Peace Church. And so we're not there all the time, but that's a second tutoring site during the school year. Okay, And and we, we opened that because PACA is on the northwest side. And so we work with mostly Africans on that side of town, but it's not limited by ethnicity because we also resettle Iraqi refugees, Burmese, Southeast Asian refugees, but they mostly live on the south side. And so just acknowledging that dynamic of the city, we opened up a second site and a church donated the space to us and so we just started working with the kids in the area. We wanted to be Pretty as accessible. welcomed by the
0: community then. Yeah. That's good.
1: And I actually I went to school there. It was my 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 grade school from third through seventh grade. <laughs> so we just like walked in one day and fortunately they were uh, they were open to to doing it with us. And so that was our way of, of making it possible for the kids on the south side to also get the same. Okay. Tutoring,
0: and you—you said that you're kind of part of a network, Um, and we'll jump back into the the roles of the volunteering. I know we kind of got sidetracked for a second, but for people that are listening to this that are not in Wisconsin or not in Milwaukee, there are organizations like this in other communities. Correct?
1: Yeah. So, I think the nature of the work—I mean, there are some refugee agencies that are national. Like there's like Catholic Charities, Lutheran Social Services, and there's others like that. But there are a lot of small community organizations that really need volunteer help. And so I think that you can seek that out by searching for it. But for us, so we're connected through Ethiopian Community Development Council, ECDC, and they're in D.C. And so we're part of a network through them where they refer refugees to us. And so I couldn't tell you all of the other organizations that they work with, but um, nor do we if, probably have the time. So. Yeah. but if, if you look up refugee and immigrant opportunities in each city there are a lot of opportunities to work with these communities and I think that because of the language barriers because of some of the barriers to adjusting to life in the cities or in this in this country we don't necessarily we don't always know that they exist or mm-hmm. that um, or how prominent the population is or what they really offer to our community and so I think that that's something that, you, that that is uh, is really important to look into and and supporting those kind of grassroots smaller community organizations a lot of times they're they're led by the the ethnicity you know like so we're we're led by african people and we have you know staff who are from burma also and and you'd be in different places where you might have somali bantu mm-hmm. are leading it or you have a uh, ethiopian community you know, so those are really great organizations to to connect with and i've gone to national conferences and there's so many different organizations, and they all have a different name, and so it might not be as easy as just going right, to one so website, but it's those opportunities are there if you search for refugee and immigrant opportunities, of so tutoring, think, and that yeah. kind of stuff.
0: and I think the point is just to, to make sure, just because you might not be in Milwaukee, this still definitely can apply. Um, but let's jump back into the different roles. Now, you had said something about um, some language barriers. Do you guys have a program that would focus for volunteers on that?
1: Yeah, so... The youth program, that's the main purpose is that we want to help address that challenge. And so it starts from, like, I, I enroll the kids in school, um, connect with their teachers, and we become this bridge between the home and the school. And the kids come every day for with their homework looking for help. And so the volunteers come in, and we do one-on-one tutoring to help them learn and understand their homework. And everything we do has English language built into it. Okay. And so there's that program. We also have... Uh, uh, an adult tutoring program on Tuesdays and Wednesdays during the school year that's led by the Milwaukee African Women's Association, and they're right now they're they're a program of ours, or they're uh, we're like a fiscal agent for them, so they're connected to us, but they're their own entity. Eventually, they'll be their own nonprofit in the city. So that that's another opportunity. They they do it at the same time, so that way we're working with the whole family. Oh, okay, that's that way, that's like, nice for the family. Yeah, so like let's say if there was a a, a mother who might be at home. With the kid, the kid comes and works with us, and then the mother can be with the the, the program upstairs. And it, I mean, it's open to everybody.
0: When you guys do when the outreach to the community members, because they might not know that you're there, do you have volunteers that do some kind of outreach as far as that goes?
1: So with with volunteers, our philosophy is that we want it to be as valuable for them as it is for us. And so our approach is that we look at it like you know asset building. Like it's we I reach out to people in the community who have. You know, it, it's like a, it's a it's really a partnership kind of approach. And so, if a volunteer was interested in doing outreach, and that was more their their uh, their background, maybe they're studying it in school, or they had been doing that professionally, or they wanted to get into that. That's definitely a space where they could help out. Um, an example of that. So in the youth program, I have uh, medical students, and so they would lead. Um, well, and so people aren't required to to be you know whatever they they come in as, but. If you were a medical student and had an interest in teaching health to kids, like, we have space to do that. Okay. And so the philosophy is always working with people to achieve their goals in a way that benefits our community. And so it becomes a mutually beneficial kind of relationship.
0: So it sounds like you guys have more designated programs and areas for that you need volunteers, but you, you're willing to work with somebody and see what skill set they can bring to the table and see what opportunities you can create from that. Am, mm-hmm. am I correct?
1: Yeah. So... <laughs> The philosophy towards volunteer management, it's one aspect of my job. And a a few of us, like, it becomes an aspect of every person's job at a nonprofit because resources are limited and really people become, like, the most important um, element of your work. And so it's not about someone contacts you and you say, yes or no, you fit into this category. Like, they contact you and this is a person who wants to help out, who's interested in you. And so you work with them to figure out what works for them, what works time-wise, commitment-wise, what they're interested in. And so that's, that's my approach towards volunteering is that, and, that's, and also with this podcast being more directed towards prospective volunteers, it really helps to not just come in wanting to do like some paperwork. You know, like right. we, we see, I think I've, I always saw services, you come in one day and you, you feed people one day or you, uh, you do some paperwork stuff one day and then that's your volunteering. But it's really good to come in with, with a goal, you know, and with a purpose. And if you really feel strongly about doing youth work or if you feel strongly about health or sports, there's always space to, to connect that. I mean, within my program, those things right. don't connect. But so you're, you're looking interested for in like more marketing. long-term
0: volunteers and things like that.
1: Yeah, I, I would always encourage that just as someone who has right. done long-term volunteer work because you can really see the impact. Like with us, like you, we start working with kids that might come in with very little language skills. And it's, it's kind of like you don't totally know each other yet. And you work with them, and over this period of time, you see them kind of open up, become confident. You you read their first books with them. Like, you teach them the ABCs. Like, it, it's it's really like a powerful experience to do something like I was just going to say, it sounds yeah. like
0: it would be, yeah. Now, how has it impacted your life? I mean, because you've been doing volunteering since, well, you did um, Public Allies, which is usually after high school, correct? So
1: Yeah, so I, I went to college, and then I studied journalism, and then I... I graduated in 2008, which was not a good time to graduate. <laughs> the recession. Yeah. And so I ended up being a barista for a few years, kind of bouncing around, trying to figure out what to do, applying to like hundreds of jobs and, and doing temp work and just so much, everything I could do to get by. And then I decided to just take a risk and do city or I, I lived on $700 a month and lived very uh, simply and just focused myself on my students. And the City or program is, is where you go into schools as a tutor and mentor for kids, and then you run after school programs. So some similarities, except you're in the classroom most of the day. Okay. And so for me, it just changed my life, totally changed my my uh, my path. I really didn't know where I would end up or really what I cared about necessarily. Like I knew like I wanted to do something, but I didn't really know what. And I think that volunteering really helps clarify that, especially if you approach it with the mindset that you're working with people and not that you're going into like, Make things better for somebody, but you're really working with someone, uh-huh. you really gain a lot yourself as much. And so it's always about the the service first, but through focusing on that, you gain a lot yourself and you become better in what you do in the service, if that makes sense. So, yeah. Yeah. So it totally changed my path. I'm now studying nonprofit management. I have a full time staff position in a nonprofit. I love what I do. So it's, it's. Yeah, it shows. I yeah. can tell.
0: You have a lot of passion behind what you have to say. So, so in your case, it, it turned into you know, an actual position, a paying position. Um, and I know that we on volunteering at, we definitely try to get that out there that just because you're volunteering and your time off, or like you said, when you were looking for a job after college, um, it kind of led into your career. And did you expect that to happen when you started volunteering?
1: No, I had no idea. I really, like, when I did City Year, I had not worked with youth like that. Like, I'd always been a big brother, you know, mm-hmm. like in my family, you know, like taking care of my siblings. I never really connected, my, my life experiences with this kind of experience. So you think that only what you put on a resume is, is what applies to potential leadership, you know? And I, I think I learned through this process that like I'd always had to be a leader in my family, like among my friends and my neighborhood and stuff like that. And that when I went in and started working with youth, like I had to learn a lot for sure. And I had to be humble, but I could see like it was connecting, you know, like the things that I'd been doing my whole life in, in seeing that as, as as like a potential for leadership mm-hmm. you know as, as something to build upon like I was really able to, to go in as someone who really hadn't had that experience and to do it well and and it's become my my career now your passion so, yeah
0: so you basically you know it sounds like you had a skill set that you maybe didn't even realize was there and yeah. and then it developed into now your career speaking of of careers do you guys help um, the refugees get jobs? or do any kind of work placement anything like that
1: yeah it's definitely an element of what we do and so there's a there's job development done for the adults and then i do it with the teens okay And so i, I just work with them whenever there's opportunities that come up working with community organizations or it's really like building connections and then when you have people who come in and then you do your best to try and uh, help them you know get into an opportunity but our, our the community who, who come and, and, and work with us, they're, they're, they, they work hard and they, they just want an opportunity. So we do our best to provide that.
0: So if, you, if I was a potential volunteer and you wanted to get convince me to come volunteer there for another organization, what would be your spiel? What, what would you say to me to, to get me to volunteer at PACA?
1: Well, I don't, have, like, <laughs> I don't have one elevator speech. Like, it right. would be a lot like this where I just sit down and talk with a person. But the biggest thing is like, it's, it's a family. It's a community. And I've really learned that from working with Africans. The, the concept of community that I've learned among them is much different than anything I grew up with. And I, I have, we have this kind of continuum of, uh, of like leadership and, and, and helping among one another within our, our program. So our teens might come and, and get tutored with their homework And then they would help the younger ones with homework after that. You know, like, Mm -hmm. there's no, like, I'm the boss and everyone else needs to follow what I say. But we really create this environment where people feel a responsibility to each other. Like, there's, like, a a duty.
0: Like a community? Yeah, like a community.
1: (laughs) Like, a really true community. Um, We had a family yesterday that we found out they were moving. I I didn't realize how, like, difficult it would be to say goodbye to, like, a family that I've been working with for two years. But over these two years, like, we helped them sign up for school, took them for their first day of school, taught them ABCs, read their first books with them. Mm. I go to like their, uh, I meet with their teachers. I go to, they had like a, a musical kind of thing at, at school. I go to those things. So it's really like we're, it's like a family, you know? Right. So I think if that, if that would interest you, like those, that's what we do. And we, we would love to have more people connect with us. And I really, it's it's about just bringing your interest and your passion and your experience and, and connecting with us and it's, go, it's going to help the kids, and it's going to help you.
0: And they always say, you know, that uh, people that don't have that sense of community or family, um, a lot of times in inner cities and things like that um, turn to gangs and things. So it's a, a nice nice avenue to look at for um, a positive alternative. And as far as time commitment, now I know you said that you're looking for somebody that's a little bit more, uh, wants to develop... Like, I mean, you, you just said what you do and somebody might not have that time and that might scare them off. So, um, somebody that, and not slamming, you know, people that go out and just do the serving a meal thing, cause that's needed too. But, mm-hmm. um, somebody that's looking for a little bit more than that, or are you looking for, are there opportunities there where there's just something that's like a one-time thing?
1: Yeah. So I definitely don't want to make that like, look like it's less of, of, of a help. Right, like and, that definitely does help. It's, it's not usually the opportunities that we have, but there is a way, like if you, if you wanted to volunteer even like once a month or once every two weeks, usually we ask once a week and right. it's two hours a week. Um, that's which usually, isn't bad. Yeah. I mean, it's- and, and I just think it's, it's a, I just would encourage it, I guess is, is my uh, thing is that like, you can come in for a day and be helpful and be useful and you really do help, but to really build those relationships and to see your impact long-term, like it, it's, it's just a whole different level of volunteering. And so I would just encourage that. And I would say that anyone who wanted to be involved, you could come for one day and help out. But I would just try and sell you on also (laughs) coming back too. I think that that would would come
0: naturally too, though. I mean, I think you would see the the impact and the power of what your work is and Mm -hmm. what you're doing and that it would come naturally to want to come back and spend more time there and do more things.
1: Yeah. And that definitely is the case. We have people who start as service learners or have to do hours for uh, college, you, you know, know like or high community school. Community service kind and of And they just keep coming back. Um, it was cool because right now we're doing a summer camp. And last year, like, I just started it. I don't know. It was, we didn't have anything this summer. I thought it'd be cool to do it. And so we kind of built this space, had a few volunteers, smaller group. And now people are coming back, you know, like, they go off to school and then they email me as soon as they get back and ask if they can come back and help, you know. So it's, it's really cool to see that we have these, these people who really feel connected to the work, even after being gone for ten months.
0: And do you have any requirements for your volunteers?
1: Uh, we have a we have like a volunteer form where you'd have to agree to a background check because we're working mm-hmm. with youth. But um, the biggest thing is the I guess the three things. So doing the volunteer form, picking some kind of regular schedule, even if you if it changes. Like I'm always flexible with people, but having an idea of, of when you you plan to commit, and then meeting with me, we just kind of go over everything, and talk and see what their interests are and see what their goals are. And I can give them the whole background, the program, a lot of this stuff.
0: Yeah. Do you have um, a a memorable story? I know you just talked about a family that you worked with, but do you have a story that, you know, really impacted your life that you could share with people that are considering or maybe debating on volunteering and if they should do it or take the time and, but I have so much to do around my house. (laughs) Do you have any stories that can maybe push them over the edge?
1: Yeah. Um, that, that one's tough because I just said goodbye to them. I feel like I'd get emotional if I told that story. Well, no, but I'm like, not
0: saying to tell that. Yeah.
1: <laughs> so I won't tell that, but that is one good example of, of how impactful it is. Like, I'm really going to miss those kids. We're all going to miss them so much. But one really cool thing that we did recently, and I think is really like the, an example of everything that we're about, is we recently built a community garden. And um, the process for that, like last summer, it was me and a few of the medical students. We, we saw that we had this space, this uh, fenced-in area. I think it's like 25 by 50 feet good space that isn't being used right on our campus and we're like what if we built a garden you know and it mm-hmm. just started as a conversation like that and then over the we couldn't get it done last time. we just couldn't get the resources together in time which is you know how with this work it's always about finding ways to bring in the resources to do these things but this year we started earlier and so one of the students and i we started writing grants we got two of the grants brought in about thousand dollars and used that as like our seed for building this project Eventually, we connected with Victory Garden Initiative, and they connected us with Congregation Sheer Hadash, which is a, a local congregation. And then we just started talking, and, and they were interested in donating some wood. and They had some expertise in building the wood. Connected with Alpha Kappa Alpha Sorority, which is a local sorority. It's a national sorority, but they have a local chapter. And they wanted to help plan stuff out. They offered to, to donate the soil. And then we connected with UW Extension and they offered to do classes throughout the summer which we have 3 days a week now and to actually help design more of the the garden and donate the plants. And so through this like conversation with a volunteer a year ago about what if we did this, we started doing it and we and then we now just built there. this thing. <laughs> it's the most it, it's one of the things I'm most proud of and that we and it's definitely like it's not just me or, or him, it's like right. all these it's people Right. it's community gardens. So it's... And so we we started doing having these meetings and uh plan this event where we had a caterer come in. She's from Uganda. She's really awesome African food. Her name's Emi. I should give her like a <laughs> shout out. But, uh, and then we had like this this event where we had Alpha Kappa Alpha, Congregation Sheer Hadash, UW Extension, our volunteers, our kids, all these people working together, like the most diverse space I've probably ever been in and just building a garden together. And so now we just recently harvested our first food actually yesterday. Awesome. And we went out with the kids and we like pulled beans off the plants and ate them right from the garden and like they they just go out there and play and look at the plants and it's just so cool to see something that was a conversation one day became real through this community coming together this really positive event building the garden and then now we go out there and we have this this tangible thing this thing we can eat like right it's like this there's Pick life is back. you know like yeah so i think that's something that's really cool that is really cool and it connects everything that we're about. Um, the kids had a leadership role in doing it. The community helped out. The community has really led it. I've just been facilitating, if anything, and seeing how I can be helpful. Um, and so it's just been awesome. And that's that's what's possible.
0: Yeah. And as far as uh, if somebody wanted to, doesn't maybe have the time to to volunteer their time. Um, do you want to give out some information on how they can donate some money?
1: Yeah. So you can always write a check to Pan-African Community Association on our website. So our website, is the the name is like a mix of all of our names. So it's panafricoma.org and P-A-N-A-F-R-I-C-O-M-A.org. And so there's a donate button. There's like a PayPal. So that's an easy way. Um, but you can always write a check or just connect with me and we can talk. But Do you yeah, want to give out
0: your contact information? Yeah, yeah. So
1: <laughs> my email address is M-G-R-O-C-H-O-W-S-K-I at pan, P-A-N-A-F-R-I-C-O-M-A, panafricoma.org. Emailing me is a really easy way. And then our phone number is 414-442-5864. It's the office number. Ask for Michael.
0: Yeah, when I called, I just asked for um, who I would talk to about volunteering, and yeah. they connected me with you, so... Even if you Google the number or, or, you know, whatever your search engine is.
1: We have a Facebook page, too. There's a lot of cool pictures of it. We Like all the things that we're doing, it's facebook.com slash P-A-C-A-W-I. So PACA, Wisconsin.
0: Well, I think um, we are pretty much out of time. I really appreciate you coming in. You can tell that you're passionate about what you do. It's a wonderful organization. And for our listeners out there, you know, just really encourage you to, to get out and volunteer and find a community organization that is a perfect fit, like Michael did here. So as I said, we're out of time. Remember that one person can make a difference, and that person is you. Please feel free to email me with any organizations you'd like to learn more about or testimonials that you have about volunteering. You can email me at ljnradio at localjobnetwork.com. Again, I'm Azra Mahara, and thanks
1: for giving.